Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. And he said, yeah. And he said, yeah. 
unto you and there's no name like your name we thank you this morning we are honored God to be here in your house and in your presence thank you father for everything that you will be doing in our lives today I pray oh God and ask once again for the assistance of your Holy Spirit the one who leads us into all truth the one who reveals the father unto us the one who causes the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened. Holy Spirit, go to work this morning and cause us to see the Father and to see his glory today. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Let the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Give Jesus a mighty hand clap, my friends. God bless you and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. And those of you with voices of restoration, who gave you exiat not to sing? Eh? Ella, look at my face. Look at my face. Look at my face. Alright. You really have to take your ministry very seriously. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Today they have to finish my series, I tell you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 3 to 5. And I'm going to continue sharing with you on the subject qualified. And this is the final part. If I don't finish today, then that's it. Alright. Now this is what the word of God says. It says clearly you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. 
We are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. Our qualification comes from who? Say it again. Our qualification comes from who? Our qualification comes from God. Hallelujah. Amen. To be qualified means to have what it takes. To be qualified means you have the right credentials to do what you do. When you are qualified, it means you have a license. You have the authority. And you have the power to function or to operate. Because you have fulfilled all the requirements needed. So to be called a professional teacher, you must complete teacher training college. Pass all your exams. Finish all the practicals. At the end of it all, you'll be given with a certificate which is the evidence that you have qualified. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes you want to learn a trade. How to sew. How to do welding. Not wedding. Welding. <laughs> Not wedding. But welding. And I'm saying that because there are some of you when you are saying welding, you say welding. So we get very confused. Maybe you say welding because a man and a woman are being welded together. <laughs> Holy weld lock. <laughs> but you want to become a welder. You have to go through training. If you want to become a hairdresser. You have to go through training. Then you'll be issued with a certificate. You have to make sure that you relate well with your madam. Otherwise you will never finish. You see. And sometimes the reason why some people go through for a long time and they never finish is because their madam is not very sure about them. Because there's some... Eh? One madam is here. Because... Sometimes you see some people and their hairstyles. And they ask that, you want to ask that the person who did their hair for them, does the person have a problem with them? Do they owe the person? Or did they done something to the person so the only way the person can pay her back is to put that thing on her head? Sometimes you look at the dresses that some people are wearing. <laughs> it's 
you ask that ah, did you not look into the mirror before you came out because as you are looking at the person it's like there is a space mission to Mars and they have invited you to join the astronauts so they have sold the thing for you it's, it's an astronaut's gear <laughs> so before somebody can be qualified to do something there are so many things the person has to go through now the bible is saying that our qualification comes from God and Paul wrote to the church in Corinth to make it clear to them that although some people are raising questions about who they are that is Paul and his team and the work that they are doing their qualification is not of themselves their qualification is not from man but their qualification comes from God hallelujah Amen. I said hallelujah amen you know, this morning I was thinking about something. I'm sure you've heard it being said before. That the richest spots in the world the richest spots in the world are not the gold mines of Australia or South Africa. Because the richest mines in the world can be found in Australia. And then South Africa, I think, is number three. Not Ghana. We used to be called the Gold Coast. Alright. The richest spots in the world are not the diamond fields of Botswana. The richest spots in the world are not the oil fields of Venezuela or Saudi Arabia. The richest spots in the world are not the cocoa farms of Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire. Who is number one now? Is it Cote d'Ivoire or is Ghana? Cote d'Ivoire. China. Eleke. China, Ghana. China doesn't have cocoa farms. Sir. Unless they have, and I don't know about it. They've started. Danso. Daben alcohol. Hey. I know that they are very wonderful people, the Chinese, you know, very determined people. But the richest spots in the world are not the cocoa farms of Ghana or Cote d'Ivoire and perhaps China. The richest spots in the world are not the industries in Silicon Valley. In California somewhere. The richest areas in the world are cemeteries and graveyards. 
These are the richest pots in the world. Because in cemeteries, and at the graveyards, you find people buried there who didn't fully live out their dreams who did not maximize their full potential who did not become everything that they could have been there are people there who should have written books but they never wrote them. there are people there who should have composed songs they never composed them. There are people there who should have painted wonderful pictures, but they never did. There are people there who should have been very rich in this life and changed their communities, but they never became all of that. And so they lie in their graves. And they never became everything that they are supposed to be. May that not be the story of Amen. Everything that you are purposed to accomplish in this life, may you accomplish that. Whatever great thing is supposed to come out of you, may it materialize. Perhaps seated here today is somebody who should be the president of Ghana Amen. to change our Amen. country for us. Perhaps. Perhaps the president, the, the visionary president to transform this nation is coming from Abe. <laughs> Kwame Nkrumah is perhaps the greatest leader we ever had, perhaps. But it was a very ordinary fellow. Very ordinary fellow. He didn't come from any Beye house. One day he should go to his hometown, go and see where he, where, where he grew up. He used to fetch water and firewood. Ordinary fellow. But as you see him moving around, you couldn't imagine that such a person would become the great leader. He was not perfect. Because no leader is perfect. Some of the best leaders you find in the world today have a lot of imperfections. And I prefer to have a leader who is not perfect but is leading the country well. <laughs> How many will also prefer that? Honestly, I don't care if a leader chops a lot of money. I don't care. But he shouldn't be the only one chopping. Those of us he's leading must also chop smoke. You have made me speak again today. Yes. 
I'm saying something important to you. That you must fulfill your mandate in this life. And I have attempted through this series to point out to you that there are great things that God wants to do through you and with you. I'm telling you. But I regret to say that many Christians will never see this materializing. Because they never avail themselves for God to use. And the reason is because they don't feel qualified. And they don't feel qualified because they look at their weaknesses, their failures, their limitations, their shortcomings, and their problems. And they begin to tell themselves that there's no way God will be interested in somebody like me. But God is interested in you. And God is not deterred by your problems and your issues. In spite of those limitations, he's still very interested in you. Because he's an expert at picking people with real life challenges. Then he himself will qualify them. And he doesn't need the permission of anybody to use who he wants to use, to choose whom he wants to choose. I mean, the way some people carry themselves, it is as if they are the aid comes of God. It's like they feel that if God wants to use somebody, God must come to them and ask them for permission. Let me use one of my favorite English words. Preposterous. Jim. God specializes in using unqualified people. And God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So we've been looking at examples of people God called, qualified, and used. We've spoken about Moses. We've spoken about Gideon. We've spoken about David. And now I want us to move on to the next person. Jeremiah. Or Jeremiah. Which one do you like? Mia. You like Mia? Okay. Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1, reading from verse 4. New Living Translation. New Living Translation. Jeremiah chapter 1 reading from verse 4. This is Jeremiah writing. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born. I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. 
This is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah. He said, even before your father and your mother met each other, before they started their kiki romi, I knew you. Before you were conceived, I knew you. And I had a plan for you. That I am going to set you apart. And I'm going to appoint you. And I'm going to qualify you. To be my prophet to the nations. I want you to look into the eyes of your neighbor. Look into your neighbor's eyes. Look closely. Don't blink. Look into the person's eyes. Then ask the person who is looking into your eyes. Why are you looking into my eyes like that? Now give this answer to the person. Tell the person I can see great things in you. That God has a plan for you. When I look into your eyes, your big eyes, your small eyes, your Chinese eyes, I can see great things in those eyes. And greatness will come out of you. I am prophesying greatness concerning you. And God is going to use you in a great way. Hallelujah. Clap your hands and bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You may never know what God has purpose concerning you. As you look at yourself today, maybe you don't even like how you look. <laughs> because there some people they don't like themselves. Say, ah, why is my nose like that? Why is my mouth like that? Why is my head like that? My friend, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't worry about the equation or the ratio. The fearful may be more. The wonderful may be more. But it's a good combination. Because everything God did, he did it well. You may not like the way you look. But there are great things that God wants to do with you. And there's a plan and a purpose concerning your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Now look at Jeremiah's response to God. He said, oh sovereign God. I can't speak for you. I am too young. And the Lord replied, Don't say I am too young. Don't say I am too young. Don't say I am a child. Don't say I am a boy. Don't say I am a girl. Don't say I am a woman. Don't say I don't come from a, from a great family. Don't say I'm not educated. Don't say any of those things. As God is thinking of using you. Don't give such a response to what God is saying. It may be true. 
But please remind yourself of the one you are speaking to. Because he's the one who calls the things that be not as though they are. He's the one who called forth the world into existence out of nothing. One day God woke up. I don't think he sleeps, but one day he woke up. And decided that I want to create something. So he looked at it and said, let there be light. And then there was light. Then he separated the light from the darkness. And he called the light day. And he called the darkness night. And said, it's okay, day one. Then he said, okay, let there be a separation between the waters above and the waters below. And out of it, we had the sky. Then the waters on the earth, he said, let them all gather to one side and let the earth appear. And he called the earth, earth. Then he started creating the various life forms. Out of nothing. He made everything. And so when such a one is saying to you that I'm going to do something great with you, don't respond and tell him that I don't have what it takes. I am saying that it may be true. In fact, it is true. But it, it doesn't deter God. Your problems, your limitations, your weaknesses, they don't, they don't deter God at all. And many of the people God decides to use, they have a lot of challenges. But God uses them in spite of those challenges. And that is what he will do with you. And great things will come out of you. You cannot die until you have accomplished your mission. Refuse to die until you have fulfilled your God-given destiny. Lift up your hand and say, I shall not die, but I shall live to declare the glory of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Great things will come out of you. I said, great things will come out of you. Before they put you in that rectangular box and put you in a hole in the ground, before that time comes, you would have fulfilled your mission. You would have accomplished your mandate. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everything that you are supposed to do, you would do it in this life. And you become relevant by the grace of God. Lift up your hand and say, Relevance. Say it again, relevant. Tell your neighbor, I am relevant. And I will be relevant. Hallelujah. Amen. Clap your hands for relevance. So Jeremiah said, I am too young. And in effect, what he was telling God is that I don't qualify. I don't qualify. His, the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young. For you must go wherever I send you. And say whatever I tell you. He said, and don't be afraid of the people. For I will be with you. 
I'm, I've said to you over and over again that the, really the only thing you need for God to qualify you is that God is with you. Because if you have God, you have everything. If you have Jesus, you have everything. And God says to Jeremiah, for I will be with you and I will protect you. I the Lord I have spoken. Whatever God has said he will do with you, make him bring it to pass in the name of Jesus. Wherever God has planned to send you, may he send you there in the name of Jesus. Whatever wonderful works God has determined to do by your hands, may each one of them be done in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at another person, Peter. Peter. Is another example of somebody God called and he qualified and he used him greatly. Luke chapter 5. Reading from verse 1. And this time I want to take it from the message. Once when he was standing on the shore of Lake Genesaret this is Jesus the Bible says the crowd was pushing in on him to better hear the word of God he noticed two boats tied up the fishermen had just left them and were out scrubbing their nets he climbed into the boat that was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Sitting there, using the boat for a pulpit, he taught the crowd. Next verse. When he finished teaching, he said to Simon, push out into deep waters and let your nets out for a catch. Simon said, Master, we've been fishing hard all night and haven't caught even a minnow. We've not caught even one keta schoolboy. But if you say so, I'll let out the nets. It was no sooner said than done. A huge haul of fish straining the nets past capacity. They waved to their partners in the other boat to come help them. They filled both boats nearly swamping them with the catch. Another version says their boats were about to sink. Verse 9. Now, look at what happened. When they put in that catch of fish, all overwhelmed Simon and everyone with him. It was the same with James and John, Zebedee's sons, co-workers. No, you've missed one verse. Verse 8. 
Ah, my obunibiana. I mentioned nine. It's your fault. If you seven, I ain't for now. Okay. 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 Simon Peter, Simon Peter, when he saw it, fell to his knees before Jesus. Now, this is what he told Jesus. He said, Master, leave. Go. I am a sinner. And I can't handle the holiness. <laughs> leave me to myself. In other words, you are telling Jesus, I don't qualify for you to even have anything to do with me. So he said, you go. So they would have go, 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 go. I know that I'm not a good person. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I have a lot of bad things. I know that I've done a lot of bad things. So God, please, you, you, I know. You leave me. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Just let me be as I am. Now verse 9. When they put in that cut of that catch of fish all overwhelmed Simon and everyone with him. Verse 10. It was the same with James and John, Zebedee's sons. Co-workers with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, there's nothing to fear. From now on, you'll be fishing for men and women. Verse 11. They pulled their boats up on the beach, left them, nets and all, and followed him. So Jesus appears to Simon, does a great miracle in his life, and Simon is overwhelmed. And he suddenly noticed how some way he was. As he met God, as he encountered God, he felt the holiness of God. He felt the presence of God. And he told himself that I don't qualify for God to have anything to do with somebody like me. I don't qualify. So God, just leave me alone. But Jesus told him, don't fear. I have great plans for you. You have been catching sardine and impata. Watch impata, sir. But my plan for you so is that I'm going to make you a fisher of men. You are going to become a great soul winner. And you are going to become a great person. At the time that Jesus met Peter, he was an ordinary fisherman. There was nothing on him or around him that suggested that one day he was going to become the leader of the church. There was nothing around him to suggest. And if anybody had been asked to suggest somebody for God to use, they may not have mentioned Peter. I mean, because his background, he's only used to catching fish. And he's also old. But God had a plan for him. And Peter was conscious of himself. Of his sins. Of his mistakes. Of his failures. But Jesus told him, don't be afraid. Yes, I know you have all those problems. Yes, I know you have all those problems. But I'm 
still calling you. I'm still choosing you. And I'm still qualifying you. And I'm still going to use you. And as I relate with you, and as you stay close to me, me, something will rub off from me to you. And all your problems and your issues and your somewhereness will begin to fade away. I'm not waiting for you to become correct or perfect before I use it. I am the one who will make you correct or perfect. And I say, come and let me use you. And as you come close, and as you stick with me, and as you stay with me, all the rough edges will be smoothed. And great things will come out of you. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Next example, the disciples. And Peter was one of them. But this time, I want to put all of them together and draw your attention to something. Matthew 26 reading from verse 55 King James Version 55 and 56 in that same hour said Jesus to the multitudes are ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? So this was when the soldiers came to arrest him in the garden of Gethsemane. So he was saying to them that am I a thief? Am I a robber? Why have you come with swords and sticks? He said I sat daily with you teaching in the temple and ye laid no hold on me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Now read the last sentence with me. Ready, go. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Then who? All the disciples they forsook him and fled. All of them. It was not only Judas who betrayed Jesus. His own was wilder. But all of them betrayed him. In his hour of greatest need, they were nowhere to be found. All of them. A few moments before, they had sworn on dying commitments to Jesus. But in his time of greatest, not even one all of them forsook him. Move to Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee. They were twelve, but Judas had killed himself. They went away into Galilee. Into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, so Jesus had been resurrected from the dead. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. Now notice, but some doubted. After everything, they were still doubting. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto 
to the end of the world. Amen. Amen. So, think a little bit deeply about this. Jesus had called these disciples. Appointed them. Anointed them. He trained them. And when he needed them the most, they all abandoned him. None remained. Have you been abandoned before? It's a very wild thing. Where everybody or most of the people that you relate with don't relate with you anymore. It's a very wild experience. You, You can go crazy. You can even kill yourself. It's a very wild experience. They left him. Every one of them. Not even one remained. That day how they ran. Who said that the 100 meters world record is owned by Usain Bolt? I am sure that Peter broke that He was an old man. But the way he ran, even John couldn't catch him. They ran away and they left Jesus all alone. So Jesus said, Oh, where are they? They've left me. They all ran away. Then Peter was ashamed at the point. So when they were trying Jesus, he went there. And there, three times he denied that he knew Jesus. The wildest of them all was in front of a little girl. Say you know little children. What you are not supposed to say, that's what they will say. As Peter was trying to hide so that people would not see him. She walked to him. I know you. I know you. The other day, when, the, when you were sharing the bread and the fish, I said, I wanted another piece of fish. You said, go away, little girl. And you gave me a knock on my head. I know you. Oh, she was screaming at the top of her voice. Peter Stop that rubbish. Go away. Maybe even try to bribe her. I'll give you toffee after. Okay? I'll give you. You just keep quiet. I'll give you. The more he said it, the more the girl was shouting. I know him. Drawing the attention of everybody. People said, hey, this girl seems to know what she's saying. Peter said she's not well. <laughs> she has high fever. Take her to the hospital. How can somebody as dignified as I am? Why you don't respect old age? What will I have something to do with this young man? He denied Jesus three times. And all the other disciples, they didn't even show up. I mean, Peter even tried. He came for the trial. But the others, they were nowhere to be found. After everything, when Jesus resurrected, we don't read anywhere that he called them together and faced them. There was nothing like that. 
Rather, when he guarded them, he said, All power is given unto me. me. I haven't changed my mind about you. I haven't changed my mind about you. My plan concerning your life is still firm and resolute. I'm going to use you. And I'm sending you to the nation. Even when Jesus had been resurrected from the dead, that they could see him, that he ate with them, that he drank with them, some still doubted. But, but Jesus didn't change his mind. He said, All power is given unto me. So now go into all the world. He said, Yes, I know you betrayed me. You, Peter, you said you haven't seen me before. The rest of you, you ran away. You told me that you would stand by me. That you go with me even today. When you saw danger, away bass. But it's okay. I'm not holding it against you. I'm still going to use you. I know you don't feel qualified. And they were not called. I mean, people who have abandoned you in your hour of greatest need. But it was not an issue with Jesus. He still continued his plan to use them. The last example is Paul. The apostle Paul was a murderer. Murderer. Look at what he said finally. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7 to 8. New Living Translation. New Living Translation. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Tell your neighbor, serving God is a privilege. So don't blow it. Any opportunity that you have to serve God. Are you listening to me? Any opportunity that you have to serve God and to do something for God in the house of God. Hold on to it as if you are holding on to gold. Hold on to it as if you are holding on to diamonds. Don't let it slip. Don't lose that privilege. Don't allow anybody to take it away from you. And the devil will bring people your way. Who will annoy you? Who will intimidate you? Who will affect you? Who will disturb you? Who will make you feel irrelevant? It, why? Ignore all of them and hold on to that privilege. Hold on to that right and decide that serving God is a great treasure. I won't let anybody take it away from you. Sometimes your pastor may be the one annoying you, but hold on to that privilege. Sometimes your family members will tell you things that make you feel that you are wasting your time. But hold on to that privilege. Sometimes you are trying to do your best for the Lord. And people are looking down on your work. Maybe you are trying to sing for the Lord. And people say your voice is not nice. I remember when, 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 when I started singing. One day I was asked to, to, to lead worship. I don't know whether they asked me to lead worship. But I raised the song. In a fellowship meeting. I was in the spirit. When I finished, one of my friends 
she came to me started laughing at me she said that why was your voice trembling like that Yes, because she started singing, as the planted for the water, so my. T- so she was laughing at me. She was laughing at me. Me too, I don't know why my I was doing so much of the people feel that when your voice shakes like that, it means that the gift is there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One day, some guy went to record a song in a studio. Then he asked the studio manager to turn off the lights in the room. Because usually in the studio, there is a room where if you're singing, they put you there and then the studio engineer is in another room and he can see through a glass at you as you are singing. He asked that the room in his segment should be turned off. Unfortunately, somebody came to turn on the light. <laughs> you realize as the guy was singing, he had held his throat. So he's trying to produce an effect. He didn't want anybody to see what he was doing. That's why he said, let's turn off the light. I'm up for bro. (laughs) Don't let anybody intimidate you. And serving God is a privilege. Don't throw it away. And the devil knows that as you serve God, he will bless you through your service. So you try and use anything that he can find to intimidate you, to stop you, to make you feel unqualified, to make you give up and not avail yourself of God to use. Don't fall for it. Hold on to it. See it as a privilege. Can I have an amen from somebody? He said, though I am the least desired of all God's people he graciously gave me the privilege do you see that word privilege again he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ Paul was saying that I am the least I don't deserve it. And he knew what he was talking about. And by what he said, he was saying that I I don't really qualify. Why didn't he qualify? 
He was a murderer. So he wouldn't. At least if he didn't commit the murder himself, he was an accessory to the murder. Because if somebody does a bad thing and the person is arrested and they find out that you assisted the person to do that bad thing, you will also be charged for being an accessory to the person who did the bad thing. And Paul, his work was that those who were Christians, you go and arrest them for wherever they are and bring them for them to be tried and then some of them were killed. He was there when the first Christian martyr Stephen was killed. And the people were doing the killing. They didn't want the blood to be on their clothes so they removed their clothes. And so did they kill him naked? Ah, They removed their clothes and they put them at the feet of Paul. Of, of and do you know how Stephen was killed they stoned him to picture this picture it picture that people have picked stones and hitting some throwing the stones at somebody to kill the person they do so tell the person they did so till Stephen died can you imagine the kind of gory death this was and whilst they were doing that Paul was there you are standing there watching another person being killed and by the way those of you who come across videos like that and you want to share it on social media it's a very bad thing what's wrong with you somebody is being killed and you are sharing the picture that's not a very good thing and Paul was standing there watching them as they were doing all of encouraging them one day he was going to Damascus Damascus to go and arrest more people to be when Jesus arrested him Jesus said Paul Paul why are you persecuting me and he said to him what you are doing you are only harming yourself but you come you are a murderer you've been an accessory to a murderer you have done all these bad things. But come. I'm going to use you. I'm going to send you. I'm going to qualify you. I'm going to do great things to you. Yeah. I know all the bad things that you have done. I know. But it doesn't stop me. Because the bad things that you have done. That badness. Is in everybody. Just that some haven't had the opportunity yet. So you come. I will straighten you up. I will qualify you. And I will use you. And Paul is telling his story there. He said, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I am the least of all the apostles. One day Paul looked at himself and said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. And by that you will say, I don't qualify. My friend, don't feel so sure about yourself. Don't feel so cute. Because we are nothing. We are very some way. We stink. 
lot of bad inside us. But God still is interested in us. And he used Paul. The murderer. He used him. If you read the, the New Testament of the Bible. More than half of the books in the New Testament. Were written by this Paul. This guy who used to help to kill Adam. And a lot of the revelations that we have. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God used Paul to bring that revelation. If God be for me, who can be against me? God used Paul to write those Powerful revelation. And it came through somebody who was a murderer. So what are you saying again? You said that God can't use you. I've showed you all these guys. Moses. Moses. Gideon. Gideon. David. David. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Hi, David. Oh, you wave at me. Wave at me. Otherwise, they will, they will laugh at me. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Peter. Peter. The rest of the disciples. Paul. Paul. What more should I say to you? You say you don't qualify. And I've shown you all these guys. They didn't qualify either. But these were the people that God used. I can talk about Samson. I can talk about Rahab. And the list is endless. My conclusion therefore is this. God is interested in you. With all your issues. All your difficulties. He's interested in you. Yeah, he's always had a plan concerning you. And like he said to Jeremiah, even before you were born, I had mega plans. For you. Your father and your mother thought they were doing something big again. But they didn't realize that this was somebody who was a career of a great destiny that they were going to give birth to. And even if you get pregnant by mistake, if there's anything like that, that child, when he's born, it's not an accident. It's not. You didn't plan to have him. But it's not a mistake. You see it as a mistake. But it's not a mistake. Stop cursing yourself. What has happened has already happened. You can't go back and rewind the clock. The only thing you got to do is forgetting the things that are behind. You must reach forth towards the things that are ahead and press on. You've cried enough times about your mistakes. It's time to close that chapter. Depend on the grace of God and move on with your life. I'm saying to you today that God's plan is to use you. So don't run away from him any Yield yourself to him. God is qualifying you and he's going to use you 
avail yourself no more running away and today I want your response to God to be God I have a lot of issues lot of problems. I'm struggling with so many things in my life. But if you like me, I like you. If you want to use me, you can use me. People around me make me feel useless. People around me feel that I am a total failure. God, if you like me, Use me for me for your glory and for your honor. Sorry to announce. Give clapping. Hallelujah. Amen. Every eyes closed and every head bowed. If you are here, you've not received Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. You want to say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want him to use me for his glory. Please pray with me. This morning, lift up your right hand. Lift up your right hand. I can see your hand up. Lift it up high. You want to say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus so that he can use me for his glory. Lift up your right hand. Lift it up high. Please pray this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for my life. Thank you for dying on the cross just because of me. This morning, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins and cleanse me by your blood. Satan is over between you and I. From today, I belong to Jesus. I will serve Jesus all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me just the way I am. Jesus, my Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.